Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So today's show is going to be a little different. Yeah, that's right. We have a special guest, a guest co-host. And a special topic. Bitmain. That's right. Today's show is on cryptocurrency. Coin. Our special guest is Joyce Yang, who runs Global Coin Research and has an excellent daily newsletter you should probably subscribe to if you're into this space. The president's key economic team goes to China. Uh, after a whole night thinking, I say I still want to do it. We are Tech Buzz China by Pandaily, powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. We are a new weekly podcast focused on giving you a peek into what's buzzing within the tech community in China. We uncover and contextualize unique insights, perspectives, and takeaways on headline tech news that don't always make it into English language coverage. Tech Buzz China is a part of Pandaily.com, a new English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. I am one of your two co-hosts, Rayma. And I'm your other co-host, Yingying Liu. We'd like to take a sec here to give a shout out to some of our listeners who've given feedback. A huge thank you to Tianming Zhao, Michael Mao, Cheng Xu, and Gary Tan. Again, if you enjoy listening to us, please take the time to leave us a rating or review on iTunes and elsewhere. All right. Before we start, Joyce, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. My name is Joyce Yang, and I'm the creator of Global Coin Research. I was formerly a software equity research analyst at Merrill Lynch, covering companies such as Box. Speaking of which, I went against the rest of the street's view on that one. Later, I covered Chinese technology companies like CACC, or the Goldman Sachs of China. In the last year, I became crypto curious and got involved when I saw so many smart, amazing people entering the space. And also, just so our audience knows what Global Coin Research is, can you quickly explain that as well? Global Coin Research is a content platform that focuses on bridging the East and the West in this new global crypto world. Now, we know that cryptocurrency is a real global phenomenon, and one of its values the world saw is its ability to break down this barrier digitally between nations. One of GCR's core missions is to better cover the Asia cryptocurrency space in the English language media. We have a newsletter, and we're launching a podcast to help the crypto community to better understand Asia. So check us out at globalcoinresearch.com. Okay, got it. So you do a similar thing to what we do here at TechBuzz, but instead focus on crypto and not just China. Super helpful. Now that we're all properly introduced, I'm curious, Yingying. How many Bitcoin do you have? Uh, low single digits. Really low single digits. <laughs> How about you, Joyce? Hmm, I probably won't disclose that on air. That's like asking to get hacked. <laughs> Just kidding. It's definitely not enough to retire. Fair, fair. I am pretty much in the same boat as Yingying here. 
I'd looked into the space back in 2013 and ended up leaving it in 2015 because I didn't stick with it. But it feels like so many people I know have made so much money off of crypto. Many, many zeros. Yeah, I totally thought you made so much money too, Ray. No. Anyways, none more than some of the people we're going to talk about today, right, ladies? Oh, for sure. Bitmain is one of the most well-known companies in crypto land, and its Chinese founders and co-CEOs, Jihan Wu, Wu Jihan, and Mike Krijan, Zhang Ketuan, are both billionaires. Or at least that's according to Bloomberg and Fortune, anyway. Simply put, Bitmain produces cryptocurrency mining chips. And just in case our listeners don't know what that is, can you explain that, Joyce? Sure. In layman's terms, the cryptocurrency mining is a process of checking and adding new transactions to Bitcoin's immutable ledger, also called the blockchain. The blockchain is formed by digital blocks, and it's where transactions are recorded. The act of mining is essentially using math to solve for a cryptographic hash, or a unique signature, if you will, to identify new blocks. So Bitmain helps you mine Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. I think most of us know that can be highly lucrative. But just how lucrative is it? Well, the mining process requires massive processing power and incurs hefty electricity cost. So it's not something you go into without spending a pretty penny first. But in return for the individual or the miner for performing this work, he or she is rewarded with a number of Bitcoins for each block they add onto the blockchain. Currently, the reward for every block discovered is 12.5 Bitcoins. At the current Bitcoin price of about $7,000, that's $87,500 up for grab every 10 minutes, or $12.6 million a day. Okay, but Bitmain doesn't make all 12 million, right? No, no. Bitmain makes money in a few ways. The first and primary one is selling mining machines outfitted with Bitmain's chips that are usually a few hundred to a few thousand dollars. For example, currently, the Antminer S9 model on their site is about $700. Secondly, you can rent Bitmain's mining machines. Third, you can participate to mine Bitcoin as part of Bitmain's mining pool. A mining pool is a joint group of cryptocurrency miners who combine their computational resources over a network. Bitmain's mining pools, for example, the Ant Pool and BTC.com, collectively control more than 40% of the world's Bitcoin mining power. Wow, that's some serious market share. But how did Bitmain come about? How did the founders even meet? Between the two founders, Mai Kree was the chip designer, Ji Han, the business guy. He studied economics and psychology at Peking Yu. Mai Kree met Ji Han when Ji Han was in a prior job as a young private equity fund manager. They didn't talk to each other for a few years, but by the time they reconnected, Jihan was deep in the rabbit hole of cryptocurrency after reading Satoshi Nakamoto's Bitcoin white paper. The story goes that when Jihan learned about Bitcoin, he emptied his entire bank account to buy it. Back in 2011, that is. Think about this. One Bitcoin at the time could be purchased for well under a dollar. So if we assume he kept those Bitcoins, he would already be in a three-comma club regardless of whether or not Bitmain does well. Anyway, in 2013, Jihan and Mike Cree decided to build an ASIC chip, which stands for Application Specific Integrated Circuit, for Bitcoin mining, and founded Bitmain. Jihan was just 28 at the time. And here we are five years later in 2018, and Bitmain is estimated to have 70 to 80% of the market share for Bitcoin mining hardware, and supposedly made something like 3 to $4 billion in profits last year, at least as estimated by analysts. 
This is on what they publicly said is $2.5 billion in revenue in 2017. Dude, that blows my mind. They're basically printing money. Which is probably why they're rumored to be filing for IPO in Hong Kong shortly with a target market cap of between $30 to $40 billion. Sounds crazy, but not if you're making $4 billion in profit. Although, I don't really understand why Bitmain even needs to raise any money. Last week, they apparently let Sequoia China lead a $400 million pre-IPO round. Maybe it's just to boost credibility. Either way, Bitmain actually didn't raise outside money, at least none that they publicly disclosed, until September of last year, when they raised just $50 million, also from Sequoia China, along with IDG. But it wasn't always smooth sailing for Bitmain. The company went through Bitcoin droughts when Bitcoin prices hit low points, and their ASIC machines did not see much demand. At the end of 2014, for example, Mt. Gox, a famous Bitcoin exchange at the time, got hacked, spurring a crash in cryptocurrency prices, putting Bitmain at a tough place. Nobody wanted to pay for expensive electricity bills to mine a digital currency that was falling in value. Yeah, I remember those times. But those times are behind us. Bitcoin is back up. It's still a far cry, though, from the almost $20,000 that it was worth in 2017. And it's down over 50% from this year's highs. I stopped looking at my wallet balance because it is just too damn depressing. But that probably also explains why Bitmain has been doing two things very aggressively. One, expanding into new coins outside of Bitcoin, and two, expanding into new sectors besides cryptocurrency. To understand that better, we grabbed a crypto expert to give us some more color. Can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, my name is Tim Swanson. I am the founder of Post Oak Labs, a tech advisory firm. Prior to creating this company, I was head of market research at a financial consortium called R3, where I heard roughly 500 plus pitches over a course of a couple of years related to anything with a blockchain. So if somebody was saying they're going to build a blockchain for finance, I was shuffled over to them and I had to hear them pitch to see how zany they were and if they would make a good partner for either R3 or member banks. And as a result, I had a chance to, to hear and see just about everything uh, you could imagine. Sounds not so fun, actually. So what do you think is Bitmain's main challenge? As far as Bitmain goes, they may become a victim of their own success. Um, no matter how you crunch the numbers, they basically have a majority share of the market of all SHA-256 related coins, as it were. So Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. So the equipment that's used to generate the hashes for those networks primarily come from Bitmain-based equipment. And they've broadened and now support, I believe, eight or nine other cryptocurrencies, or at least the different types of hashing methods of, of different types of cryptocurrencies. One of the fundamental challenges facing um, any cryptocurrency mining manufacturer, such as Bitmain, is that the valuation is largely based off of the coin value. So if there's a bull market, then you can go to investors and say, hey, give me this kind of multiple. If there's a bear market, it's just the opposite typically, uh, because margins are squished um, from both yourself, if you're operating your own farm, and from your customers who now have to earn less money per unit of labor effectively. So this is one of the reasons why Bitmain is probably expanding not only with different types of coins, but they're pushing to AI. So they're not a one-hit wonder. Yeah, let's just stay with the AI topic for a bit here. I think what's shaping up to be one of Bitmain's key selling points at IPO will be that in the next five years, 40% of revenues could come from AI chips. Now, these chips haven't been sold yet, 
but they have been announced. They are called Sophons. For any sci-fi nerds in our audience, that's one of the key alien technologies in the famous trilogy, the Three-Body Problem, by Chinese author Liu Cixin. By the way, numerous Chinese entrepreneurs, especially in the internet sector, say it changed their worldview and inform how they do business. So you'll actually see a lot of people refer to this trilogy as part of their business philosophy. Anyway, I finally read it myself last year, and I can totally see why it topped Obama's reading list as well. So you should definitely go out and get a copy if you haven't. Mike Cree is obviously also a fan, and so named their new deep learning chip the Sophon. If things go as they plan, Bitmain's Sophon units could be training neural networks in data centers around the world, or at least in China. The current trade and regulatory environment looks favorable for Bitmain. After the ZTE fiasco, which you guys covered in episode three, the China government has been increasingly pushing for mainland companies to develop their own chips. As a Chinese company, Bitmain may be a favorable home base player. Yes, true, but there's a lot of competition in the AI chip space. For example, another Chinese company, CamperCon, just announced a new round of funding. It was in the hundreds of millions, and that means its post money valuation is 2.5 billion. It's also pre-product. There are at least a handful of others that have raised also more than a hundred million dollars, who are also dedicated to AI chips. So I think Bitmain has its work cut out for it. And also, as Tim said, it may be a victim of its own success because its crypto business is just so large and profitable, and it's hard to move away from that. I saw that Jihan told Bloomberg last year, Bitmain Mine in Ordos, Inner Mongolia, generates about two hundred fifty thousand dollars in revenue daily, and that he's planning to invest up to two hundred million dollars to build new mines in the U.S. Seriously, with such a lucrative business, why doesn't Bitmain have more competition? They do actually. For example, one of Bitmain's competitors, Canon Creative, has already filed for an IPO in Hong Kong. From which the company is targeting to raise about one billion dollars in initial funding. The company had two hundred and five million dollars in revenue last year. Not small, but that's less than one tenth of what Bitmain made. And I saw another competitor, Bitfury, said a year ago that it had a hundred million dollars in annual revenues as well. But both are really just a drop in the bucket compared to Bitmain. So what is it about this company or their technology that makes them so ahead of the curve? Well, I invited an expert who can give us some more color on that. Jimmy, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. My name is Jimmy Song. I've been in Bitcoin since 2011. I started coding in 2013. So for the last five years, I've been coding as a Bitcoin developer. Before that, I was coding at startups. I've contributed to a bunch of open source projects, and you know, I'm familiar with a lot of different companies in this space. I've been VP of Engineering at Armory. I've、uh, worked as principal blockchain architect at Paxos, and I'm now venture partner at Blockchain Capital. Awesome.、Uh, you must have seen so much of how the mining industry has come along, and、mm-hmm. I'm curious, kind of how you see Bitmain outbeat the other competitors, and what is it about their technology that's so differentiating? Well, I'm not sure if it's their technology per se. I would say it's more competence than anything else.、Um, mm-hmm. You got to remember when Bitmain came in in 2013, the players that were in the industry, the ASIC miners. Let's see, you had Avalon Mining, BFL Labs, CanSee Miner, Cointerra, Spondulis Tech. 
And all of those companies are out of business now. A large part of that was they just didn't know what they were doing. They didn't have very good tech or very good manufacturing expertise. What they would do is they would raise money pre-selling a lot of these ASIC machines, and then they would collect that money and try to go and manufacture it. And a lot of the money that they raised would have all these assumptions about how soon they would get it done. And of course, there'd be delays or something would go wrong. And they ended up like delivering way late most of the time. I keep hearing from industry sources that McCree is an absolutely brilliant chip designer. And Jihan knows all of the different relationships in that area of the world. And, you know, obviously TSMC is like bar none, the best chip fad out there. And they have like almost an exclusive relationship with them and stuff. But that's how they won. Um, how they've kept their lead, I think that's up for a little bit of debate. There are rumors of a lot of like dirty business practices and stuff like that to keep, <laughs> uh, yep. keep people out. Who knows whether that's true or not, but I keep hearing about things like that. This is super helpful, Jimmy. Thank you so much for your time. What are the large cap Chinese tech companies saying about blockchain, though? Are they also getting involved? Pony Ma apparently announced at a press conference that while he thinks blockchain is interesting, Tencent is not considering a digital currency. Although, of course, as soon as he said that, on the same day, a subsidiary of Tencent announced a blockchain wallet project went into private beta with an associated music coin. Sounds like someone forgot to inform the big boss of their cryptocurrency plans. It seems to be the party line. Jack Ma has pretty much said the same thing. And Baidu, by the way, has its own crypto kitties. So they're all doing something, the BAT. CCTV, China's state-owned TV, had a one-hour special on blockchain that aired recently. Lots of viewers shared on social media three ideas that they took away from the program. First, that blockchain is the second era of internet. Second, the value of blockchain will be 100 times that of the internet. And third, blockchain is a machine for generating trust. What people are failing to put into context, though, is that in all of these statements, CCTV is just quoting either a blockchain expert or Western media. It doesn't necessarily reflect what CCTV itself or the government thinks of blockchain. Nope. Actually, the government's position is one of, quote unquote, compromise. The government has repeatedly stressed that it supports blockchain, but not cryptocurrency. That much we're very certain of. I mean, they've prohibited crypto already in the country. So at least that part of the blockchain technology is off limits. Unless you're the government, that is. China's central bank is indeed developing its own centralized digital currency. The following statement sums it up neatly. A really clever Guizhou government official, when quoted about blockchain, said that the blockchain isn't really all about decentralization. Instead, he said, it's about disintermediation. Remove the brokers, not the central command center. In other words, noted the reporter, blockchain with Chinese characteristics. Ah, I love that. Blockchain with Chinese characteristics. So accurate. Although in the case of Bitmain, that doesn't necessarily mean the government doesn't want it to continue its crypto dominance. Some foreign press have even speculated that the Chinese government may want to control the international flow of money through controlling Bitcoin mining, which Chinese companies like Bitmain already does. I personally think that's giving the government and crypto both way too much credit, but whatever. It's a complicated situation and sounds like Bitmain should be treading carefully. Joyce. Do you have any last comments for us? Yes, I just highlight one last comment made by Jihan, Bitmain CEO. 
Jihan has said that Bitmain's IPO would be a landmark for both the company and the cryptocurrency space. I would agree. Bitmain's IPO will appease global regulators as it provides more transparency and brings legitimacy to the cryptocurrency world, which in turn will benefit Bitmain. Once Bitmain's competitor, Kanan, goes public in July, we will be able to have a benchmark for Bitmain's margins and valuation multiples. Kanan's valuation will be a good starting point to understand how much the market believes in cryptocurrency long term. Said like a real equity research analyst. Thank you, Joyce. We'd like to give a shout out to our partners at SubChina. In addition to our podcast here with Pandaily, they publish the fabulous Seneca podcast, a weekly discussion of current affairs on China with journalists, writers, academics, policymakers, and business people. While we only focus on tech, they really give you the entire overview of everything in China. And we'd like to further direct our listeners to subscribe to the weekly newsletter by Pandaily. If you go to pandaily.com and input your email under the subscribe button on the right, you'll get weekly China tech delivered right to your inbox. Okay, that's all for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. We really enjoyed putting this together and are always open to any comments or suggestions. You can find us on Twitter at TechBuzzChina, and my personal Twitter account is Rayma. That's spelled R-U-I-M-A. And my Twitter is spelled G-I-N-Y-G-I-N-Y. But seriously, please follow the new Twitter. And for Joyce, I'm here at Global Coin Research that is spelled with R-S-R-C-H. Thanks, Joyce, for joining us. Ray and I will be back here the same time next week. Tech Best China by Pandaily is powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. Pandaily.com is a new English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. Our producers are Carol Yin and Kaiser Guo, and our intern is Scott Du. Thank you.